and actually I have a lot of people in my family with autism and I see them and I'm like, oh, it's not a problem. It's not a big deal. Well, number one, I didn't live with it as a parent. And number two, they're all very different people than my son. So my son was diagnosed, had the largest tantrum I'd ever seen in the doctor's office the day of the diagnosis. Ah. (laughs) We got off to a great start. Um, But then I was also pregnant with my daughter at the time. And so really rough summer. He didn't like her coming home. Summer after that, we had been going strong for, you know, almost two years. We'd done everything the doctors told us to. We were physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy, um, the ABA therapy. We did horse therapy. We did music therapy. We were going crazy and just not seeing any progress. And we were stressed and out of money. (laughs) Uh And I was really depressed and baby and child not going well and you want to help your kids and so sitting there just like front row seat to who knows what is really depressing and I let myself get depressed and I actually began to consider suicide because I was like I have failed I have failed you it's obvious look at you (laughs) but really I mean he was just he was waiting for me to really see him and see how I could help him despite what everybody around me was telling me. So I went through a lot. I decided, I made the goal at that time. I I just stayed for one stupid reason (laughs) that I was like, I, this is why I need to stay for him. Just one little task and I stayed and that just grew into something bigger and bigger, but it was a lot of work because I would read books and okay, that was nice, but it didn't really help me put it to action. I would go to support groups and I am not here to knock therapists or support groups. I'm sure there's great ones out there and people benefit, but it just didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I felt like I went and I came home with the same problems and that was it. And I was like, no, I need help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I ran into life coaching and so many wonderful life coaches and how they give you tools and mental wellness tools to help you get through your day and your events that would otherwise be so troubling. And I was able to take those and apply those to autism. And I am darn near my goal of loving autism every day. I mean, it's not every day. I'm still human. He's still human. Life still is what what it is, but I'm definitely a lot better than I was a few years ago. And so I created Spectrum Lane because I want to help other parents. And I've actually walked away from it a few times, but I keep coming back because I know what it's like. I know the struggle and I know that there's good things out there. So I just really want to help other parents. I, and, and she talked about spectrum lane, spectrumlane.com, right? Yeah, that is my website. Yes. I highly recommend it. It's very, very effective, very helpful for parents. Thank you. It's, it's probably a little, bit of a different take. Um, my platform is a lot of dear mom, take care of yourself because there was a point in my life where I was not taking care of myself. And I realized I'm like, I need to start or I'm not going to be here much longer. Well, it sounds like you made, you went through a major transformation from, you know, the stress you felt trying to make something happen. And it sounds like you found peace. I'm, you know, I think the piece is there. We just need to stop and see it. Like it's there. It's waiting. 
but we like to tell ourselves we call them stories. I mean, for instance, like if my son has a tantrum, which she did today, I have a choice. I can resist that tantrum and I can fight that tantrum and I can hate on that tantrum <laughs> uh-huh. or I can look at it and go, Oh, what's up? Oh, you want to throw a tantrum? Okay. I'm, I'm right here. If you need me, <laughs> you know, I have two choices. One costs me a lot more energy and a lot more anxiety and it's not as much, you know, it's not nice. Uh-huh. And then the other one I can, I can remember to breathe. I can remember to like, Oh, I have this emotion, this urge to fix the tantrum, but I can step back and say, you know what? That's just a feeling like I don't have to fix the tantrum. Having a tantrum is learning how to control your emotions and kind of figure out your body. And, you know, I'm like, so if I can step back for a minute and say, okay, what do I really need to do instead of like just jumping in there and probably making it worse? Well, would you agree that parents frequently feel this public scrutiny of everything they do. So if you're away from home when he has a tantrum, does that affect you? Is And plus, just even when you're home, I'm sure it's a challenge. It's definitely easier at home. I will give it that. Um, I love, like, I have, like, this new theory on going out in public. It's It's, like, the true meaning of life because we all like to control events and things and people, and I can have my home arranged so we don't have troublesome food here. So I don't have items that he can break. Like I can arrange my home that, but when I go out, it's like everything's game. <laughs> You're no longer in control of the environment. But it's so funny because it's like an exercise in life. Like how many times do we try and control life? But when you go in the environment with an autistic a kid with autism, it's you can't control it. And so it's kind of like a nice little real life exercise. Like, yeah, um, just a little reminder, you can't control things. So anyway, in public, my first thing always with tantrums and behaviors is number one, keep them safe. Number two, I mean, if they're really disturbing, maybe we'll kind of try and move off to the side. And sometimes that helps calm them down anyway. Like, you know, your child, so you do what's best for them. But um, I answered a Facebook post today and they were like, what do you do when people stare? I'm like, start giving them assignments. <laughs> <laughs> you know, could you pick up that toy he threw? You know, could you go do this? Hey, could, do you mind going and getting a glass of water? That'd be great. Thanks. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, good. Yeah. I don't do that all the time, but I ha- I've given myself a different take on staring. So, I mean, your child's already tantruming. People start staring. So you start stressing because your child's tantruming and people are staring. But yet on the other flip side of it, people are like, well, we want autism awareness. Well, how do you think those people get autism awareness unless they can watch you? Yeah. So take the opportunity, you know, before, after, during, hey, can I answer a question for you? Can I tell you what's going on? Hey, do you mind getting me that glass of water? Like, Uh yeah, go ahead, stare away. I mean, I don't understand how we're going to do awareness and say, don't look at me. So, but and that's just the story I tell myself to get myself through the tantrum and I come out ahead. I come out more calm, more energized. If people want to stare, fine. Uh I can't control them. Back to control. (laughs) That, yeah, yeah. That sounds like a very healthy approach to take. Now where, talk about where your son is. I know you had it sounds like you went through a period where you wanted to get him kind of caught up to where he should be for his age. And how is that coming? What are you finding effective? Well, back to what I mentioned with knowing my child. <laughs> uh-huh. 
he doesn't like agendas. <laughs> and I have found that if I am patient and support his needs and support his, him, that it, the skills come. Uh -huh. I don't have to push it. And I've, I've learned in other classes and I've seen this myself where we take our autistic kids and we're like, well, you can't do this. So let's go throw you off the deep end and help you survive. I take his little skills that he has and we build on those and I don't go throw them in the deep end anymore. You know, let's build on what you have. So you don't like Legos, but you kind of like things that spin. So let's find toys that spin. So we got him a Marble Works toy set right now and he loves it. Helps us put that together. We'll play with it appropriately. Put the marbles on it where he didn't do it with the Legos. So what? So we're just building on that. And I mean, it's the same with reading. I found out he likes music. So I'm actually teaching him kind of letters and spelling through music. We learn geography because we talk about where all these famous composers were and the styles of music. I mean, taking an interest of his and running with it. So that's coming back to what I, I get to know my child and I work through his strengths. Yes, I think that's the best approach parents can take with any child. Your website mentions that you have a background in play therapy. Yes, I do. Thank you to wonderful Julie Sando with Natural Play Therapy. Julie was trained in a couple different autism therapies, kind of like myself, and brought all that together for natural play therapy and natural play therapy and myself, I've had training in two other play therapies as well. But what I really like about natural play therapy is it's natural. Okay. It works with the stages of play. You can do it anywhere. It doesn't have to be complex. And the great thing for my kid is it's very hard for him to pick up an agenda. So I, you know, I really enjoy photography. And so when I got two old digital cameras and I got my daughter's princesses and I was just arranging them and taking pictures of them. And I had a pile of his cars with a digital camera on top of it. So he'd come in, check out, see what I'm doing. And I would start inviting him to take pictures of those cars, which is a neat opportunity because he doesn't get to play with a lot of electronic gadgets. So, hey, but I just invite him. And that's just kind of how we start showing him new opportunities as we model it and invite mm -hmm. him to join us. But if he doesn't want to right away, that's fine. He'll get there. I mean, even going to the diet, so many people, I used to be one of them. <laughs> uh -huh. My child will never be gluten-free. They will never be dairy-free. But we kept the pressure off. We played through it. We gave him a lot of opportunities. And I think for lunch today, he ate cucumbers, broccoli, and uh, hamburger. All right. That's great. So we just, I mean, that's just, we just approach a lot of our life just taking it as we can. I'm not in a rush. I'm not stressed about what my neighbor's doing. I'm just, you know, okay, we're improving. That is my goal. Okay, we're improving. Great. Let's keep going. Have fun along the way. I'm impressed with the relationship you have with him. That sounds so positive. And, most and of the I, time, we have our days, but most of the time. <laughs> I, I know a lot of parents just struggle with liking their child or enjoying being around them so that's that's amazing you know there's a quote by one of my favorite authors um byron katie it says when you fight with reality you lose but only 100 percent of the time <laughs> oh i like that one <laughs> i found that we started moving forward a lot more with autism when i stopped fighting autism okay you're autistic great let's 
let's go live life and still do stuff and learn things and have fun. I mean, just because you have autism doesn't mean that we need to sit home on the couch or I don't know, do what people do. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, as soon as I stopped fighting it, and even, I mean, with ABA therapy, they used to want him to sit at the desk and do drills and that works great for some kids. It didn't work well for him. So as soon as I stopped fighting him and said, okay, let's do ABA, but let's play with it. He does great. Uh-huh. So that element of play, I know uh, I've heard a lot of parents object to ABA therapy, felt it was intrusive or even uh, abusive, but it sounds like just leaving that element of play and taking the stress out that your son has really responded to that. Yeah. And again, I, that worked for us. It might be different. I know some kids that I'm told will sit at the table for two hours and just love it to death. And that was just not us. (laughs) Well, isn't it true? If you know one child with autism, you know, one child with autism, Right. But if you take that over to the treatment, why are we trying to apply the exact same treatment to all of them? Like if we've acknowledged they're all different, why do they all get the exact same treatment? That is an excellent question. (laughs) So let's leave that variety open. Now I know you are offering a class for for parents free. Yes. It sounds like a very valuable class. I hope it is. And I hope that parents can really recognize that once you start working on how you think, I call it power thinking, you know, let's, let's not think all roses and daisies all day. That doesn't really do us a lot of good when, you know, crap starts happening, but let's think in a productive way. If it's productive for me to think of my child's tantrum as, you know, he's learning communication. How can I help him next time or whatever, instead of like, Oh, I can't stand this tantrum. Why are we having another tantrum? that's more productive for me, you know, and it gives me feedback for the future. So that's what I, I teach a lot of self-care. I teach a lot of power thinking, you know, let's work. So it provides you power and empower the parent too to say, you know, I am the expert of my child because when my child was younger, I heard all these potty training tips, take them to the bathroom every 15 minutes, give them lots to drink on and on and on. Well, with how anxious my child is, it just made it worse. Okay. So if I had taken like that knowledge that I knew he was anxious and applied that to potty training, I would have never done that. Uh huh. So yes, we are still working on potty training, but it's going a lot better and we're progressing because we are getting him comfortable. You know, we're not asking too much until he's actually comfortable. We're teaching him about what happens. So he is more comfortable. Like we're just taking it slow and that's fine. We're making progress. So we're good. So, but the class is, self-care, it's power thinking, it's, it's fitting some of that stuff in that you might not think you have time for. I promise you do. And even just a little bit makes a difference. So we're going to talk about all of that. We will talk about some of connecting with your child and how to power think through some of those tough autism situations. And I'm doing it for free guys. (laughs) And it's online, right? Yeah, it, it'll be online and we'll be recording the class. So if you have to miss part of a class or a full class, no worries. You can have the recording. So there's nothing to lose. It's free. May as well try it. That's what I tell when I teach breathing to people. They're like, really breathing? I'm like, no, really. It's like one of the number one ways to bring yourself down. And besides, it's free. So why wouldn't you try it? (laughs) But anyway, to go sign up for that, go to spectrumlane.com forward slash class. 
and just answer your top parenting struggle for me and let me know your email and you're in. It's simple as that. Listening to you talking about getting to know your child reminds me that some parents are trying to work with their child's teacher on how to motivate them, how to help them be successful in the classroom. And if the parent were able to do this, so they, I've had some parents say, I don't know what motivates him. I don't know what to do. His teacher doesn't know what to do. But if they followed what you are presenting and developed this more relaxed relationship with their child, got to know them, observed them more closely, then they could take that information to their child's teacher. What I'm picturing is, you know, like back to school night. If they could meet with the teacher and explain, this is, this is what I have found to be effective. And I will say, just because I have a relative that's an educator, they have a full plate. They're doing the best they can. <laughs> um, but... I have found that, you know, those, those teachers, those special teachers, they will absolutely take that and run with it. We had a teacher one year that my son likes to joke. Okay. He only says like eight words, but he will still tease you. Uh huh. Hilarious. But like, as soon as like they figured that out, like how we can have fun with him, how we can build that relationship with him. They did a lot better that year, a lot better than some other years. But okay. it was just like one thing that and to it, and, and joke, you would look at a kid that only says eight words and think he likes to joke. We figure that out by getting to know him and looking beyond his deficits. That's profound, seeing the person, not the disability. And I think it takes work. I mean, there's still some days where I'm like, he's, he's seven years old. <laughs> I can't treat him like his little sister, you know, I got to treat him like he's seven. So it, it still takes work, even for people that are around it all the time. Well, and, and two, when your child is having a meltdown or a tantrum, it's hard to see past the behavior and see this individual. So I've talked about power thinking, you know, think about this in a situation instead. If you forget, like you're like, okay, so I want to try and think of tantrums how she mentioned and then your child has a tantrum and you lose it. Uh, <laughs> Don't yeah. worry about it. It's fine. It's not going to be an overnight change. And all of a sudden you have this brilliant brain that is so good at power thinking that you're amazing. I wish uh -huh. it happened like that, but it's not going to be an overnight change. The nice thing is, is after that tantrum, you can still go back and say, okay, what did I learn? What maybe caused the tantrum? What could I have done better? you know, how do I want to try and think about this next time? So don't ever forget that. Like, even if you have a bad situation, you can still go back and learn. Yeah, that's true. Many years ago, when I was raising my children, I remember setting that resolve. I'm, you know, I'm going to stay calm. I'm not going to raise my voice and getting to the point where I would celebrate if I could make it till 10 a.m., you know? <laughs> and just knowing, well, there's tomorrow, you know, we, we try again tomorrow. In addition to your class that's online, you also have a meetup. So we do have a meetup group if you are local to Salt Lake, Davis County, um, Utah County areas in Utah. It's called Salt Lake City Ogden Parents of Autistic and ADHD Kids. And um, we'd love to have you join us. We will be having live groups start up in March. They will consist of a support group, and then we have other events going on as well. And then if you are 
not in Utah, that's totally fine. I got you covered. <laughs> if you go to um, spectrumlane.com and click on events, we have online support groups as well. And guys, again, it's all free. I know what this is like. I know how hard it is. And I really want to help other parents. And I still have my days, but I've got these awesome tools that I want to tell you about <laughs> that help me get through it a lot easier. And I've been on your online group and love the advice you have. It's very sound. It's very worthwhile. You know, I, I have a, a background of special education and I'm impressed. You have a lot of help and support to offer to parents. Well, thanks. We're trying to do our best. Again, we've got other things going on, but we, we just, I mean, my husband and I have just gone through so much that we're just so glad that we can actually help other parents like parents helped us that we just want to do it on a larger scale because these tools are so awesome, you guys. <laughs> so you have your online class, your meetup and online support group, and then you are also a life coach. Yes, I do um, coach parents and I can coach them more play therapy focused if they want connect with their kids or I can coach them more on their well-being, their mindset, their self-care. Either way they want to go, we're good. Okay, and you've mentioned the play therapy. It could be simple. It's, it's kind of following your child's interest. Is that right? Um, it is, but a lot of it is observe more, take the pressure off. But then sometimes, too, with autistic kids, you, you got to know when you can slide in there <laughs> and get something in front of them. But following those natural stages of play, I mean, it's like if your kid's throwing a tantrum, you're not going to sit there and tell them how they should be acting because obviously they're not going to absorb any of it. It's the same yeah. way. If your child wants to play alone, you're not going to sit there and tell them how to play Monopoly. That's not going to go over so well. So... We follow the natural stages of play, of how to play and connect with your child. But a lot of it's just really pressure-free. Don't make those assumptions because, I mean, for the longest time, like, we have tried to get my child to roll a car on a track. And sometimes when you're like, oh, he can't do it, he can't do it, you just don't even try. We'll stop thinking that he can't do it and just, just give him the opportunity. So it's a lot of fun. And like it doesn't have to be complex. Like one of my son's favorite games right now is to lay down and I'll just put the blanket up and lift it up and down over him. And he just loves it. And it's a blanket. Simple. Yeah. So, and it might be more for other older kids. I mean, I worked with um, some girls and we were trying to work on texture and new foods and um, kind of some interactions. So we had a marshmallow fight. <laughs> <laughs> amazing mother let me have a marshmallow fight in their house <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> but we had fun and we would lip sync and I had hey let's decorate your own t-shirt any way you want you know kind of if you decorate it and have fun with it will you wear it because so many kids with autism have struggled wearing the clothes and the tags and everything so I worked to find t-shirts that didn't have any tags first off yeah but you know if you decorate it will it be cool enough for you to wear so just really experimenting and playing and having fun. It sounds great. And it just, and it makes sense. Well, the funny thing that clicked for me with play therapy is like, why do we take this two-year-old with autism, three-year-old, and put him in school for 30 hours a week? Yeah. Like, yeah. Kids learn by playing. 
so why are we sending him to school again? Like, again, that mm -hmm. works for some kids. My kid has just done so much better through play. And so teaching him through play has just been how we've done it best. I think that's the key, knowing your child and understanding what they need and what works best for them. Yep. And I mean, I was talking about this with a group of parents and saying, you know, you've only, you usually don't fail. You usually just give up. And they were like, no, like he failed at soccer. So we quit soccer <laughs> or he failed at speech therapy. So we quit speech therapy. I'm like, yeah, but that's just the vehicle. You still have not failed on the goal. You just yes. quit on the goal. So, you know, we have a goal to teach my child more words. Speech uh -huh. therapy has not gone well, <laughs> but we are working on other vehicles to get him ready for more speech therapy or other ways of speech therapy. We have not given up on that goal of communication at all. Yes, that is a really important distinction. There is more than one path to the top of the mountain. So this one's blocked, then you yep. try and another. Even, yes. Even just the parents sitting there going, I, I didn't think my life would be like this, <laughs> which yeah. I didn't think my life would be like this, but it's been pretty cool so far. <laughs> Instead of sitting there again, power thinking and going, I don't like this life. I don't want this life. Like, nah. you know, you can still go achieve a lot of things. You just need to take a different path. Yeah. Yeah. That's key. Well, Gina, you definitely have a lot of wisdom to share with parents. I hope they take advantage of everything you're offering. I hope so. It's so much fun to teach and meet other parents. It's my favorite. I mean, autism moms are just, I don't know, we just meet each other, we just click. <laughs> yes, yes. And other parents too. It's just, it's another funny thing is you sit there and you're like, I'm alone. I'm the only one screwing this up. Like, no, everybody's screwing it up. Just come uh -huh. with the club. <laughs> yep. Yep, that, that feeling of we're all in this together. I love that. Well, I admire what you're doing. Thank you so much for taking your time. Do you have any final words for parents? And Say the name of your website one more time. Sure, no problem. So we're spectrumlane.com. So that's spectrum from autism spectrum. And then lane, because I really just want it to be a community of parents that really support each other. So spectrumlane.com events to check out um, the online support groups. You can go to meetup.com and find us to check out the online or the in-person support groups and parting words of advice. Oh, just take care of yourselves and love yourselves and just realize that we've got hard jobs, but we're just going to find that path and do the best we can and just take care of yourselves. I mean, you got to start there. True words. <laughs> So thank you for having me on. It's been fun. And thank you, Gina. And have a great day with that family of yours. <laughs> Thanks. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Penrod, and I have a guest with me today. This is Tony Larson, 
And Tony is a very talented young woman. I had a chance to visit with her, and I'm very impressed with her talent and what a calm, sweet, patient mother she is. She is also a homeschool parent, so I've invited her here to talk about it. Uh, Tony, I understand you've been homeschooling for about two years? Yes, that's correct. And how did you find out about homeschooling? Um, I actually grew up with uh, a homeschooling family, and 